Hi, everyone. This is Brad Thomas, and welcome back to The Ground Up. I'm joined today with uh, Jay Sugarman. Jay is the CEO of both iStar as well as Safehold. And of course, I have positions in both of those companies. So, Jay, it's good to see you today. Great to see you, Brad. Well, um, a lot to talk, talk over today. Um, you've had earnings uh, for both companies. Uh, if we could start out with, um, with uh, this new concept, it's actually not a new concept, but uh, uh, the concept of this ground lease plus. Uh, can you explain that? And uh, I've, I've looked at uh, kind of a high level and it appears to be you know, both a, a valuable tool for both the uh, iStar uh, business as well as the Safehold, but can you kind of break it down exactly what, what this uh, Ground Lease Plus uh, looks like? Sure. You know, I think the modern Ground Lease that Safehold created has really uh, gotten a lot of customers interested in how can they use it in more places. Um, we talk about it being really a powerful uh, capital tool when you're selling or buying a building, when you're refinancing a building, or when you have a building that's about to be constructed. Some of our customers came to us and said, well, what if, what, how do I get a ground lease when I first buy the land? And I'm working on my you know, architecture and my GMPs and my uh, capital structure. I want, to, I want you guys to be part of that too. And you know, it's a little earlier in the life cycle of a, of a project. So it doesn't really fit Safehold's sort of AAA-like profile. But um, a lot of these customers are coming with some of the best land and the best markets that they've assembled or acquired and we think it's a great opportunity to lock in a, a safe hold ground lease very early uh, in the life cycle of that project. And the way we've done that is create ground lease plus, which both iStar and some third party capital will create a small ground lease when the land is first acquired. And then at the same time, uh, structure a takeout by safe hold when all the conditions of the building actually are about to be built are met. You know, all the permits are in place, uh, the GMP is done, the architecture's done, and literally they're about to put the shovel in the ground. They have all their capital. And then Safehold will take that small ground lease and size it appropriately for the building that's going to be built. So it's a very uh, flexible, it's a very powerful tool uh, that we've now extended even earlier in the life cycle of some of these you know, major uh, properties and major markets. Uh, and we think it's a, you know, not only a, a pipeline of exceptional opportunities for Safehold, but we think iStar can play a key role and make attractive returns um, by setting up that ground lease early in its life cycle. Well, Jay, you know, we've covered iStar uh, a good bit and, you know, as a more diversified um, lender of sorts, um, what what property sectors are you targeting for this uh, for this uh, for this combination deal with with both both firms? So we we've started Ground Lease Plus really to attack some of the best markets in in our portfolio. Um, you know the deal we announced was in Austin. It's kind of a main and main location in downtown Austin, which is one of our favorite markets. Uh, you'll see you know hopefully some additional stuff in markets that we think are you know, very highest quality, really good locations. Um, it's already led to some interesting business opportunities uh, in other key markets for us. So uh, again, as we said many years ago, we will continue to innovate to meet our customers' needs. And, you know, I think the second quarter was 
was an important quarter on a lot of fronts. I think Ground Lease Plus was an important first step to expand the ground lease ecosystem that we built. Um, but I also think, you know, just the, the, the more traditional uh, modern ground leases we did are starting to really tell the story of Safehold and we're seeing more and more investors get excited by that. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, I'm looking right now at the stock price of Safehold and, you know, ground lease has been around since the beginning of time, you know, and uh, literally, uh, or almost, and, you know, but it, it just appears that really up until ni- 2019 and really moving into two, the, the year of the pandemic, that this, you know, specialty property sector, whatever you want to call it, I, I don't know what to call it, because it's really not a specialty sector anymore. And you've got a lot of it more institutional demand, obviously, as reflected in your share price today, hitting all-time highs. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you look at this, this safe model today? It's, it, to me, it's been a very disruptive um, platform, given the fact that you've seen so much more demand, especially coming out of the pandemic and into this market we're in right now. Is it more institutional demand? Is it the safety of the, of the business model? Is it a combination of those? What is, what is actually driving Mr. Market to these uh, all-time highs? Yeah, I mean, look, you and I have had this conversation. We thought uh, this is a business that as it scales gets more and more valuable. Um, so we, we set out with a, a goal to provide our customers with the lowest cost, long-term capital, most efficient capital out there. And it took a while to get people to understand that it was a disruptive idea, that modern ground leases were um, very different than the old-fashioned ground leases and, frankly, uh, could unlock significant value for building owners. And, you know, again, it took about a year or two to really start to uh, hit our stride. Uh, as you know, we got um, investment-grade ratings. Uh, all the pieces of the puzzle have started to fall into place. And... As I think we've said a number of times, even with you, <clears throat> as we scale, it lowers our cost of capital. As we lower our cost of capital, we can lower the cost of capital to our customers, which increases our deal flow. And when you're in a business where, and you and I have talked a lot about this, every deal you do is very, very profitable, both on the cash flow streams and on the ultimate capital appreciation we expect to realize. If you can speed that machine up with more efficient capital, give your customers more of what they want, what we see is almost a self-reinforcing virtuous circle where the more deals we do, the more valuable we get. The more valuable we get, the lower our cost of capital. The lower our cost of capital, the more deals we get. And it just keeps going around. So we were on that path. COVID uh, took a little bit of time, although it, it actually helped prove how safe the modern ground leases are for investors. So it actually helped us build one more block of our foundation. But now as we come to a more normalized real estate market, we're seeing the activity pick up. We're seeing, you know, in the last three quarters, we've done three quarters of a billion dollars of transactions on some really high quality stuff, a lot of multifamily in there. Uh, We still like office in core markets. Uh, we still like hospitality in core markets. So uh, for us, it's land in great locations, a um, little bit agnostic on what's on top of it. Um, we've made a push to get into multifamily. That's gone great. Um, but we still like the sort of main food groups. 
the key here, Brad, and I think this is the thing I get excited by every time we, you know, we kind of announce quarterly earnings is if we can put out two, $300 million, we know that that investment is creating a cash flow stream that's hundreds of basis points above the market rate return for the same risk and same uh, maturity. So that, that dollar we put out is worth a lot of money to our shareholders. We did you know, north of 200, I think we did 222 million in the second quarter. So we talk about earnings a lot. There's the cash flow earnings. There's the value creation from creating above market cash flow streams, long-term call protected. And then as you and I have talked last time, we added $374 million to our you know, capital appreciation account. And I think that's one we should spend a little bit of time talking about because, you know, if we talk about, we made, you know, 25, 30 cents a share, but we don't talk as much about how much value was created by the deals we did, which is significantly more than that. And how much value was added by increasing this pool of assets sitting on top of our land that we are contractually the long-term owners of whatever value is created. And that number went up 374 million. The 222 million of deals we closed is worth well north of that. And we made the good, strong quarterly profitability just from the cash flow streams. So it's a, it's a business as we scale. I do believe people are starting to pay attention to one plus one plus one equals six, not three. Because as we scale, I think more and more people see you're not just creating really attractive earnings growth. You're creating significant accretive growth every time you close a deal. And you're adding to this, what is now a $6 billion pool of value that we are the long-term contractual owners of. And I think as people watch that growth pattern quarter to quarter, year to year, as you know, when you make the market 50% more than all the comparable portfolios, people wanna be a part of that. And for us, scale and cost of capital kind of go hand in hand. So as we get bigger, our cost of capital gets lower, our business gets better, and more and more people are starting to appreciate what happens when Safehold scales is every part of its business gets more valuable. And so I think that's what's happening a little bit in the market. We still think we're in the early innings. Uh, we still think there's lots of good stuff ahead. Um, but it's, a, you know, it's gratifying to see slowly the pieces of the puzzle kind of fall into place. And now we just need to go execute. We've proven the concept. We've gotten the investment grade ratings. We've driven down our cost of capital. We've shown customers really like what we want. We've expanded the product set to give more customers the opportunity to access this very low cost, long-term capital. And now our teams are just, you know, ramping up to go at it. And, you know, I think that that really bodes well for our customers, but it also bodes well for shareholders. Yeah, Jay, I, uh, you know, I, I look at the, we always like to look at the moats as Warren Buffett would say, um, competitive advantages of the company. And, and you certainly have this first mover advantage, at least in the REIT sector. I know there's others that a lot of people, a lot of companies buy ground leases, but certainly the first mover advantage in the REIT space. Now we're seeing, you know, uh, agree. Joey is a friend and I'm a shareholder and, and, and agree. And they're starting to 
you know, play in that sandbox, but they're small tickets. I mean, these aren't, these are deals that you wouldn't even uh, look at or consider being a, you know, a, a net lease, small ground lease. Um, but uh, in terms of the fragmentation, this is really what I think is just a compelling opportunity set is just the, the potential pipeline of deals that are out there in this market. And just in the U.S. alone, um, you know, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, I look at the, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, every, every property sector we cover from gaming to healthcare to, you know, to data centers. I mean, those, that, that dirt could be bifurcated and, and provide that company, that landlord with, you know, brick and mortar landlord with, with a superior cost of capital. Um, and so I just, I think, that, you know, I guess my question is this, how big is that pipeline out there? I mean, it's gotta be, I mean, there's $2 trillion of REITs, which is about 10% of all you know, in commercial property institutionally held in the U.S. So that tells you there's there's a there's a significant pipeline for REITs to grow, but ground lease is even more so because you don't have a whole lot of competition out there doing what you're doing, and you got in early, so you've got to have a significant pipeline. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is a a big piece of our story early on was to compare sort of the ground lease to the net lease business, and we saw net lease and and particularly sale leasebacks, which is something you know, iStar has been doing for 25 years, you know, that is about a trillion dollar industry when you take all the, the net lease companies and all the private transactions that we've seen. Um, so ground leases, which go across all property types in any market, you know, we think has the same kind of potential size. And then we look, as you said, first movers, we're the only public company, we're the only investment grade company, we're the only institutionally scaled national platform, we're the only one that's done anywhere close to the volume of transactions we've done. When you look at all the other REIT sectors and say, okay, what is the dominant company in that sector in terms of its market cap? You know, you're typically talking anywhere from 25 to 50 billion all the way up to maybe the cell tower guys at 125 billion. You know, we think that's where Safehold is headed. That's, that's been proven out in almost every subsector that the largest company is, you know, somewhere in that $50 billion average size. Today, we're at around $5 billion. So we see a lot of opportunity ahead of us in particular because we see this industry growing very similar to the net lease industry, which 25 years ago, we were one of the, the larger players and have, you know, studied that business for two decades. When we started this business, we're like, we're going to take all the lessons we learned over there we're gonna build a better mousetrap for our customers. We're gonna give them the kind of capital they should have had available to them because corporations that own real estate have been able to separate the operating business from the passive real estate asset. We're gonna let commercial real estate owners do the same thing. Let them do what they do best, run the building, design it, build it, manage it, reposition it, finance it, buy it, sell it, and let us own that passive piece of the story the land and let the value just accumulate for our shareholders. And I think by putting it in the public market to make it a liquid security, you know, more and more people can now access this asset class that's made fortunes for families and universities and uh, you know, monarchies. Um, now investors can get in on that action, but they actually get a chance to own it in a way it's never been available before liquid in a public company, investment grade company that is diversified across top 30 markets. 
the best markets, the best locations and the best country. I mean, that, that combination has never existed. And even if it did, you wouldn't have been able to buy into it. Now you can do both. And you can do it in a, in a you know, daily liquidity security and in a portfolio that's growing every quarter. And that's so powerful, Brad, the fact that we have a machine that is giving the right capital to the best customers and creating a growing pool, that scale, that portfolio effect, as we get bigger, every part of our business gets more valuable. And so I think we've crossed the first couple milestones, couple more to go, but that's what I think is driving, you know, the interest in the stock is people see, wow, they got past the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, they're on their way into the home stretch. And if you get in now, I think as other people start to recognize that story, you know, folks have figured out that, um, you know, this is a scarce resource. There's not, you know, there's only one company. Um, we still, iStar still loves the business and still owns a lot of it. So there's just, you know, there's a limited amount to go around right now. And as the business gets bigger and more valuable, you know, that's the dynamic that's going to help our cost of capital come down. Yeah, well, I think the analysts also like the story. I mean, I'm looking at the forecasts for 21, 22, 23, and, you know, we've got an average of those three years, analyst estimates of 20% for all you know, three years and 25% actually in 22. So that's earnings per share. So, you know, we still got the growth, the growth pictures uh, really intact. The growth story is definitely intact. Uh, the question, of course, Jay, for me is just, you know, as a value investor, as any value investor would. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to compare this company in terms of valuation with, with others because there's really no direct peers. Uh, obviously, I see that valuation there. I mean, the, the excuse me, the, the growth trajectory is there, but the valuation, again, sub 1% yield, uh, but obviously this is not, a, not an income story. It's a growth story. So how do you think about that today in terms of your share price? You're hitting all-time highs, but I mean, if you hit these targets, these analyst targets, you know, this thing's going to keep climbing and climbing. So how do you, how do you reconcile that? Yeah. So the, the growth story is really important and, and you're right that, you know, that'll drive, you know, very attractive earnings uh, uh, growth if we execute. Um, but when you talk about value, this is a really important point for us. Um, we've shared with the market that what we think are the two main assets sitting inside of the safe hold portfolio, the cash flow stream, which looks an awful lot like very high grade, very safe bond cash flows. We show that the market for very safe, very high grade bond cash flows lets you earn about a 3% return. And our portfolio, you know, big diversified, high quality, you know, very uh, uh, battle tested through COVID to proven to be very safe. Um, we're generating about a 5% return. So we caution people when they think about our dividend you know, we take that 5%, you know, what we think are economic earnings um, that show up in our gap numbers. Effectively, we use three of that in cash, which is you know, our interest costs and our overhead and pay our dividend. And then we're effectively reinvesting 2% of that back into another 5% uh, uh, earning position. And that, you know, take that five, take three in cash, let two grow in a way above market return profile. We think that's the economic model on the uh, cash flow side. 
the, the real economic earnings. And when we do the math, when you're earning five and the market discount rate really should be three, and you can earn that excess, you know, 50, 60 percent, you know, 200 basis point return for 100 years. When you do that math, you come up where that dollar is really worth more like a dollar, $80, $90. And so one value component is take our cash flow streams, discount them by the market benchmark, and you'll come up with one number of value. And then as you and I have talked about, we don't just get par back at the end. We get whatever's sitting on top of our land at the end of a lease term, that's ours. And we don't know what it's gonna be worth in the future, but we know what it's worth today. We know what's sitting on our land today. It's now $6 billion that we are ultimately the owner of. So you can think about it as your account. And here's the fun thing, Brad, your account last quarter went from 5.6 billion to 6 billion. So in my mind, your account went up $400 million. We have 53 million shares. When you think about that value addition, that value accretion, not just from the cash flow side of the equation, but from the capital appreciation that's embedded in our portfolio right now, not guessing what it's going to be worth in the future. What's it worth right now? And you do the math. We think we're trading at a substantial discount to value, to intrinsic value. So this is an unusual company that has got assets that are very safe, business that grows very quickly, is strongly profitable today. And every deal we do adds to this growing base of, you know, visible, tangible capital appreciation sitting, you know, inside the portfolio that, you know, potentially will grow even faster. But we all we try to say is, here's what you own today. If you think we're going to grow fast, fantastic. If you think we're going to grow slow, you'll probably not value it as highly. But look what it's worth today. And, and to me, this is the, the best part of our business as we get bigger, is when it was 400 million sort of sitting in, we called it the value bank. It is literally like a, a bank account for our shareholders. It was 400 million four years ago, it's 6 billion today. You know, when I look at my bank account and it goes up, that's a good day for me. And we have been able to execute in a way that that bank account for shareholders has gone up from 400 million to 600 to 6 billion. So we're gonna work this year, I think, to as we scale, as the business continues to grow and execute, you'll hear us talk a lot more about ideas like this of, we don't just think it's a big growth opportunity. We don't think it's just a big above market cash flow stream. We also think there's an enormous embedded value in every one of these deals that you can't unlock one by one. You only unlock it when you get to scale. You only unlock it when you build a track record that that bank account, that, you know, what we call UCA, unrealized capital appreciation, is yours and it's growing really fast. We're tracking it for you. But I want shareholders to feel it in their, in their hearts, as I do, that this is your money. And we've got great people working to make your money grow faster than anything else uh, that we can see uh, with comparable returns and risk profiles. To me, I think we're building something um, almost every investor should own, not just read investors. But if you want to own above market returns, if you want to own 
you know, growing capital appreciation that you can touch and see and really you know, uh, very transparently track, then watch us scale. Watch what these numbers do. Watch that earnings growth. Watch the economic value embedded in the rental streams we've locked in for a, you know, 100 years. And then look at what's growing on top of our land. And it's a it's almost an intuitive idea, Brad. We can break it down into net present value, and we've done that with a bunch of investors. And I think they're they're starting to get their heads around the net present value of the cash flow streams, the net present value of the capital appreciation growing. But I think we have to touch investors right sort of in in their heart and go, look at what's happening every quarter, track it with us, watch what happens as we scale. And then you can start to see why, you know, we got so excited about this business four years ago. And I would, you know, candidly tell you, we're, we're, we're even more excited today. Well, Jay, I, uh, I'll tell you, I, we bought both Safe and Star, iStar in June, 2021. So just, just recently, iStar is up 51%, 51% compared to the VNQ, which is up about 3.9. So we obviously, Got in star at a perfect time. Safe's up about 26.4%, uh, also delivering really strong returns. I wish we had gotten sooner, but I'll end on this quote from, uh, you've heard it thousands of times, uh, Will Rogers was attributed as, attributed as saying, buy land, they're not making any more of it. That's the investment thesis there. Um, and that's really why we're glad we have positions in both of those companies. And Jay, it was uh, great talking to you and, and updating us on on uh, on progress being made. And it's always good to see uh, see us both making money uh, with with your your comp both of your companies. So uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Brad. Really appreciate your support, and look forward to talking to you next quarter. Great. Have a good weekend. Bye bye.